Blue Wire. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Hey everybody, it's good old JR Jim Ross, the voice of AEW Wrestling. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CVV Chris Fanfleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. Chief CEO, the French Canadian Frankenstein. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Top Rope Nation. It's the fifth annual Pro Wrestling Awards here on this podcast. Hard to believe this is the fifth time already that we've done this. And honestly, it's been a while since we've talked to you. The last time we all spoke was right after TLC, our pay-per-view post-show. A lot has happened since then that we're going to get into all that and talk about the awards, of course. Uh, But just want to say right off the bat, hopefully you guys are having a happy holidays. You're in for a happy new year. I know all of us have been waiting for this dreadful year to get over and put it behind us. So that's what we're going to do. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about tonight. It's our fifth annual pro wrestling award show. Nobody I would rather talk to about some pro wrestling tonight than the two men I have on the line with me tonight. So first of all, as we record, it's snowing outside here in the great state of Iowa. So I'm going to throw it across town. To my good friend, the abominable Scotchman himself, hey. Justin Joint. Justin, how are you doing this snowy evening? Pretty good. I had a pretty good holiday season with uh, some nice scotches as as gifts. But uh, real quick, I just wanted to mainly just let our Patreon supporter Liam know I have done some investigating. Uh, I have crunched the numbers, done the math, and I'm starting a petition to have the Wolverhampton Wanderers name changed to the Portugal Wanderers because there are no Englishmen on that team. <laughs> it is all Portuguese players, and I think it's bullshit, and I want to recount on the match from this past weekend. <laughs> Justin was hot, man. You were, you're texting us, and neither Kyle or, or myself watched 
football slash soccer too often. And uh, I think it was Kyle Ooh, that threw it out. For in yourself. The you don't speak watch that much. Come on. Oh, I picked it up. I'll tell you what. I got the ESPN Plus. We're watching Serie A. <laughs> We're watching the Bundesliga. We're giving out plays. <laughs> and I got some good news for Justin Joint on that note. Thank you very much. And I'm going to segue into how my holiday is going after this. You know what I did this afternoon, Justin? What's that? Bet against Wolverhampton. Guess <laughs> what? Right. Sorry, they man. lost. They lost 1 0. 93rd minute, little, little uh, stoppage time, gave it up 90 plus three to man you, one nothing. Hell yeah. We're a winner in the afternoon. No better way to start than with a win <laughs> on the pitch. And on that note, Ryan, since you asked, oh, wait, you didn't. I'll just volunteer the information anyway. How's my holiday going? It is, of course, the busiest week of the year in the sports handicapping community. Uh, really dying over here on a vine. Uh, carved out some time with the family, though. That was nice. Uh, NBA's underway, Bulls underway, NFL down the home stretch. I'm working out my ass, but I would like you two to know and the 93,171 people who will download this podcast to know <laughs> that uh, I will certainly and always put my family's financial future at stake so I can watch Match of the Year contenders. <laughs> <laughs> this is dedication. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Ross takes these pro wrestling awards seriously. We got a great show for you tonight. But, I mean, Kyle, I've got a pseudo Sue, a good uh, Iowa Pale Ale in the glass tonight. Justin, he's got some scotch, as he said. I don't know if it's snowing out there in the in the great state of Ohio. Some would call it the land of Jim Jordan. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm oh. sorry. I'm not that Ooh. snow. I, I'm sorry. I was very <laughs> confused there for a second. <laughs> what do you got tonight? A little Four Roses bourbon in the glass. Okay, very good. Uh, a uh, small bet- batch select. Very nice. I love always getting. I don't even know if that like what that is like. N- n- uh, marketing campaigns work on me a lot. <laughs> if, if they just they could just be lying and just write small batch select on the thing. I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. All right, we'll go with this one. <laughs> Do you hear I'll that potential sponsors? Dollars. If you want some good ad reads, they'll be authentic here on Top Rope Nation because your campaigns. Work on Mr. Kyle Ross. Reach out. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the record, I, I have my just general shitty scotch to sip on, but for when the moment's right, I do have a nice Glenn Levitt 15 shot glass here to to throw down the old gullet. Very nice. I'm staring up at a bottle of that myself right now as I look on my, good stuff. Yeah, my bar. Yeah, I like it. Well, guys, this is the 190th episode of Top Rope Nation. Like I said, our fifth annual Pro Wrestling Award Show. If this is the first time you listen to Top Rope Nation, please be so kind, if you're listening on a, po- on a podcasting app, to uh, subscribe, tap that five-star rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow the show as we try to climb the pro wrestling charts. Uh, each follow and subscription really helps us out a lot, gets us out to new listeners. We would greatly, greatly appreciate your help. And uh, if you want to watch the show, like I said, you can listen to the show on your podcasting ass. But if you want to watch the show, head on over to YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Drop a subscription. Uh, every time there's a pay-per-view, we do a live show immediately afterwards. Would love to have you join us. Our weekly shows are posted uh, on the YouTube page as well. And if you become a patron of the show over on Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation, you can join us live each and every time out because every time we record, we stream live for patrons as we are doing right now. It's Tuesday, December 29th. 
Uh, the rest of the world is going to get this show on Thursday, New Year's Eve, but you could have got this show two days earlier if you were a patron of the show. Check it out at patreon.com slash Nation. We've got a lot of stuff in the works for the new year. Uh, I'll probably talk about this next week on the podcast, but we're going to be adding some really good benefits, I think, to our Patreon show. It's going to get, uh, or our Patreon page, I should say, that's going to get people excited as uh, we, we kind of look for a little bit of a restructuring. I, I sent out a survey to our Patreon users the other day. They gave me some great feedback on what they want to see added to the lineup. And so we got some stuff coming at you in 2021. So stay tuned. But it's patreon.com slash top rope nation. I want to give a special shout out to the latest members of our Patreon page. Both these guys joined after our TLC post show, our last outing. Shout out to Aaron G and Rick S greatly greatly appreciate your support on patreon every one of those subscriptions means so much to us so definitely from the bottom of our hearts thank you for supporting what we're doing over here at top rope nation so justin and kyle uh, we haven't spoken since that tlc post show and obviously a lot has happened since then in the world of professional wrestling we're going to talk we're gonna have a lot to talk about with the awards but before we get to that uh we need to touch on a somber subject subject that hit the wrestling world in the last few days I had a chance to speak about this on Sunday night when I joined our friend Zach Haydorn on the Pro Wrestling Torch Wrestling Night in America uh, live show and podcast. But this is the first time Kyle and Justin have had a chance to react to the news of Brody Lee's passing, which really shocked us on Saturday. So obviously it's been a gut-wrenching couple of days. And Justin, as you had a chance to look back on John Huber's career Anything you'd like to say in remembrance of Mr. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper? I just think it says a lot uh, when you look at, you know, the outpouring of love for him, that it's it, it's bits and pieces of what a great worker he was, but everybody. And you don't always get this when a wrestler passes away. It might just be what a legend, uh, one of the greatest workers of all, you know, something along that lines, but everything Everyone that he has touched, it's all about what a great person he was, uh, what a great father, uh, and what a great husband. Um, and yeah, I mean, not that this is some sort of weird competition, but this one uh, has probably hit me the hardest since Owen Hart passed away, if only because of those reasons. Um, and not only that, but you know, selfishly as a fan, it felt like he was finally getting his due as a talent. I mean, he 2020 was probably his best in-ring year as a professional wrestler. So yeah, it's just, it's really freaking sad, uh, to lose that talent and, uh, more importantly to lose that person. I would agree with you on 2020. I think that, uh, he was really just kind of starting to own that role in the dark order with Mr. Brody Lee, uh, in-ring wise, 2020 and 2014, I think, are, are his best years in the ring from what we saw, at least on a national stage. And, uh, yeah, Zach and I talked a lot about that, you know, some of his his great matches that he had over the years. And, uh, you know, certainly his last match, the dog collar match mm-hmm. with Cody on Dynamite, ended up being the last match of his career, uh, was a hell of an outing. I mean, what a way yeah. to go out. And just talking about 2020, you know, it, it can't be understated what he did for the Dark Order because that thing was just crashing big time before he got there Mm -hmm. and he brought the right kind of humor and seriousness uh to that group yeah i mean especially 
I was say, you can see the outpouring of love, you know, from everyone in that group over the last few days has yes. been really touching to see as well. Absolutely. And and if you and if you're out there and you haven't, uh, you really need to go back and watch a lot of that being the elite stuff that they did uh was just the best stuff. The, the tribute the, show they did was was really good where they showed a lot of those clips. Yeah. Kyle, your thoughts. <laughs> that bit where um they had uh Trent's mom on. And she threw the paper mm-hmm. and he just, and like, but she threw it really shitty. Missed. Like she did, yeah. it was like an awful throw. Like it was one of the honest to God, worst throws of paper <laughs> yeah. you've ever seen in life. And he cracked up. Like yeah. he broke character. That is like a really funny thing yep. Um, to kind of piggyback off some of the things. Justin just said, look, wrestling is why we're all here, obviously. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is a person who died at Christmas time that was a husband, a father. I mean, that's horrible. I and mean, we're all husbands and father. I mean, that's just awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, wrestling or not. And, you know, I remember Saturday night, all of a sudden I look at my phone, you know, I was on a zoom call with, with some buddies and all of a sudden I just, I look at my, there's just a ton of messages. Like, what is this? And I look at, and I just, my jaw just dropped. And I said, no, um, I can't remember if I saw Justin's first or, or, or my buddy Jeb. I just I just went to Twitter and yeah, the the you, you see your Twitter feed is like thirty people retweeting and reacting to the AEW uh, tweet, and it is um, just a horrible, horrible thing to see someone who bet on himself and like you guys said, mm-hmm. um, was featured as prominently on a national level as he ever had been. I mean, he was in the prime of his career. Again, you could take wrestling out of the equation. This is someone who was in the prime of their professional career. Obviously, wrestling is while we're all here. But, you know, and the sky appeared to be the limit. And, you know, and, and now he's gone. And it's just a horrible, horrible thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, you know, the outpouring of support says a lot about him. I mean, I, I think, you know, in passing. That's always the measure of a man is what, you know, those who left behind say about you. And, um, yeah, um, it, it was just it's shocking to, to see something like that, a, a guy that young and just out of the blue like that. Um, it's horrible. And I, you know, I, I, I hope the best for his family and everyone that knew him. Yeah, 41 years old, young wife, two young boys, uh, just really Really sad stuff, and I mean that's yeah, that's our age, yep. right? Yep. I mean yeah. that's nobody. I mean, obviously, nobody knew about what was going on behind the scenes. We've kind of learned a little bit over the last couple of days mm-hmm. that you know he had been having this these issues with his lungs for a while. Uh, last we knew, he was out with like an ankle injury, I think. Um, but well, yeah, the, the, the plan was for him to be off TV for a while to sell everything. But yeah, I, yeah, I, you yeah. know, and I feel terrible because you know a couple it was a couple weeks ago. I was like, whatever. Brody Lee, are they going to like touch on that? And then, you know, and just, it's just, Mm -hmm. you never know. It's just a, you know, you talk about 2020, what a terrible year is. And this is just like, really just like the shittiest possible way for a shitty year to end Mm -hmm. in the wrestling world, quite frankly. Yeah. I think uh, when you look at the outpouring of love and, uh, you know, all the stories being told and, and everything, to me, the only thing that it's, it's similar, like when Owen Hart passed away, uh, maybe Eddie a little bit as well. I mean, that's the only other times I think I've heard or, you know, seen such a massive outpouring of just all these great, great stories. You can tell how much the guy meant to everybody. And 
by the time you guys hear this show, it will have already aired. We haven't seen it yet because we're recording on Tuesday night. But the uh, the AEW Dynamite tomorrow night should be a really emotional show. Yes, I'm looking forward to watching it, but it's it's going to be a, a gut wrenching watch, I think. And mm. uh, you know his his son his son Brody Jr. was uh, instrumental in putting this card together and the matches that he wanted to see, which I think is AEW has all the way you know done right by his family so far and what we've seen and uh that's, that's really cool good to see yeah that's really cool of tony Khan to do that yeah so this is gonna be a really special show we're looking forward to it but uh you know we wanted we wanted to talk about it's it's difficult to talk about justin's raising a shot right now i'm gonna raise my glass there we go mr brody lee himself rest in peace we're gonna miss him Ooh. all right so Let's transition, boys, uh, and let's talk about the year as a whole. And it's been a crazy year, obviously, a bad year mostly. Uh, the wrestling front, you look at uh, when we started the when we started out the year, we were having pack crowds. We had the Royal Rumble uh, down in Houston, right, with Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble in front of 60,000 fans or whatever it was. More than three-fourths of the year has been the pandemic. You know, it has been no crowds and uh i think we were on air recording when wrestlemania got moved to the performance center if i remember right like we found out live if you go back on our archives and listen to that show and i don't think even at the time we would have imagined that this was going to go on this long and you know here we are end of december Uh, i think we'll we've got some small crowds back for AEW. i think you're gonna have wwe running with some small crowds in the not too distant future you know but i think i think the uh earliest we're gonna see big crowds is probably what late summer early fall i mean it's it's gonna be a while still i saw betting odds imagine that that first concert with five thousand fans in america over under july 31st and odds were shaded towards before that so doc yeah dr fauci said that uh like late spring early summer he thought we could maybe achieve herd immunity obviously it's going to depend a lot on you know, how fast to get the vaccine rolling out people mm-hmm. taking the vaccine uh and a lot of that's going to fall in the new administration and, and how they organize that because so far it has not been very organized i i have no idea how i'm going to find out when i get the uh vaccine i hope we get you know some kind of national system organized, or at least at the state level to communicate this where people can easily find out how to get the vaccine uh and so we can get to that herd immunity and go back to having wrestling shows with big big crowds that's what we all want i want to attend shows with justin and kyle again i want to travel to shows again more than anything and hopefully we'll get that in 2021 i think it was roman reigns uh pulling out of wrestlemania that we were on i don't know if it was both things if it was we learned when wrestlemania moved i'm almost positive that we learned roman reigns was pulling out live yeah i think so i think it might have been both that one for sure though Yeah. yeah Yeah, I do remember that now, now that you say that. So we're going to talk about basically six awards here on the Top Rope Nation podcast. We've gone back. We've looked at the year as a whole. As Kyle alluded to, he watched a lot of matches to kind of, you know, have a a well-rounded opinion on what we're looking at tonight. Hope you like your TV dinner, Cammie. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't able to join his family for dinner tonight because he was doing research. We're looking at promotion of the year, match of the year, pay-per-view event of the year, and then tag team of the year, female wrestler of the year, and male wrestler of the year. And that's the order we're going to go in. So as we start off, Justin Joint, promotion of the year. I'm going to throw it to you first. What do you got on your note card in the, in the Justin Joint uh, 
household, who is winning wrestling promotion of the year? I think it's no doubt, no brainer, AEW, especially when you consider uh, where they were at this exact time last year, what they've done throughout this year, especially facing the circumstances they've had to face as uh, a new company, a new promotion uh, with a lot of uncertainty. I, I think there's a lot of ways it could have gone wrong. Uh, there were times that I think we questioned them bringing in guys like the Matt Hardy surprise and the FTR surprise. And I, I think they had the foresight that, you know, if they were going to hold back for a crowd to unveil those guys, they were going to be waiting a long time. So uh, they just went ahead with business as, as usual, uh, telling really good stories and putting on great matches. Uh, so yeah, AEW by a mile. It, oh, and I should probably say for a lot of our listeners, uh, Ryan and Kyle are going to be your source for basically all other promotions. I'm, I'm an AEW WWE guy. I, I don't really follow anything else. <laughs> I will say that my knowledge usually is a little better this than it is this year for Japanese wrestling. I've watched nearly as much new Japan in particular as I would in prior years. And I, Kyle's name dropped Noah on here a few times. So he's, I think Kyle definitely is going to have is going to have the international flavor going for him. Uh, I see in our chat room one of our patrons is joining us live tonight, Mr. Ryan Huffman. He says AEW as well, so he's there with you, Justin Joint. What do you got, Kyle? Yeah, it's AEW, uh, hands down. So this was not the year uh, for a smaller promotion to have a breakout campaign, was it? No. <laughs> that was not going to happen. No, you uh, the largest no. professional wrestling company in the world. And I know some people are gonna get very upset by this comment, but I don't give a damn. Uh, they stunk in 2020 overall. It was a bad year for the world wrestling federation. Uh, uh, uh from start to finish. Um, and there were some things that were good, but overall, I think it was very weak. Uh, kind of like Japan? what we talked about last year or last year. It seems like last year, <laughs> last show, right? Where they've got the good pay-per-view shows. But everything in between they can, is yeah. Cluster. yeah. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't seem like there's any um, long-term effect of what you watch. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, mm. okay, for instance, SmackDown was a great show, on, but then you have Raw with some things that are just better left unsaid from last night. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? What were you we, we going to say about New Japan? Uh, I think it's... You know, I think a lot of the criticisms of the staleness of WWE in 2020 actually can be applied to New Japan in 2020. I, I feel for the first time in a long time, New Japan felt like a stale product uh, in 2020. Uh, again, look, there's a lot of forces out of their hand, but uh, AEW was a promotion, imagine this, that got me excited to watch a weekly pro television show. Absolutely. You know, it used to be back in the day, I, I would be so fired up to watch Raw on a mm -hmm. weekly basis. Um, I'm fired up to watch Dynamite. I want to know where the stories are going. It feels fresh. Um, you know, could it be better? Probably. But, you know, uh, to me, I, I just I would be shocked if someone made the case for another promotion besides AEW uh, to win this award. Shocked. I, would, I just want to also point out that. When it comes to dealing with the pandemic, especially early on, uh, AEW was a step ahead of the un to the unlimited resources of WWE every step of the way as far as making their product more watchable. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with you guys. I'm not going to say I really have nothing different to add. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm in the position I always put Justin in where like me and Kyle will <laughs> go on and on and I'll be like, okay, Justin, anything to add? And it's like, I should have thrown it to him earlier. I feel like that right now because it has to be AEW, right? I mean, you come into the year and we were like, we always talk about being objective on this program. And we're very objective. When we came into the year, like we were, when 2020 started, we were not super high on AEW. Dynamite was kind of in a rut, but like as 2020 got started, you know, they really turned the corner, I think. And they started having great television. They were really building some momentum. And then you got to that pay-per-view in February and they were really peaking. And I was looking forward to what these crowds are going to be like the rest of the year. And then boom, the pandemic. Yet they were able to keep running. I mean, we talked about it on and on this year that they had the liveliest shows each and every week, that they were able to succeed during the pandemic in a way that WWE wasn't. I will say WWE went a long ways at fixing at least the environment of their shows with the Thunderdome. Like that's worked out great. It took them a long time to get there, right? You know, AEW was, they had shows that felt live. They were doing little things that I remember talking about back in March and April, you know, where they were aiming the camera at the entranceway, not mm-hmm. showing empty chairs. I would go on and on about that on the podcast. Yes. AEW did it right that was away. So bad. It was what really bad. Thinking? Like, what was WWE with this massive production crew? Like, what it, were they thinking? It, it, look, you said something that it, it triggered a thought in my head real quick. To me, AEW runaway promotion of the year, but I feel that had it not been for the pandemic, it could have been even better. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. WWE, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, you can blame the stale environment. Creatively, uh, are we confident that they were going to make savvy decisions? No. For the on-screen product? I'm not. Yeah, absolutely not. No, I agree with you. 100% agree with you on that. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to help your business get going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day every day. 
Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, should we go on to the next category? We're all on the same page there. Uh, the next one we got is Match of the Year. So, Oh, here we go. We did have like a little bit of discussion about this off air in our text thread earlier today. And I, I know at least Kyle and I are on the same page here. Maybe Justin will be different. Uh, but for me, I guess I'll start off this time. Uh, to me, it's that revolution tag between the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And like I said in our group text, you know, maybe maybe I'm biased because I actually was there and had a chance to cover that for comicbook.com, which was super cool. You know, go back in the archives. I talked all about attending that event, uh, doing the media scrum with Tony Khan afterwards. Uh, but that match, man, that crowd was freaking hot. And every little thing, all the near falls. You know, like sometimes matches go on too long and the near falls don't yes. work out so well. <laughs> in this one... They absolutely did. You had that great story they were building with Omega and Paige with the possible split. I mean, I can tell you that crowd in Chicago was on the edges of their seat waiting to see if there was going to be a split during that match and after that match. Uh, I mean, it's by far the best live match I've ever seen in my life. And I haven't seen a match on television this year that rivals it. So for me, this was this was my my easy pick. I think so. I'll throw it to next to Kyle because I think he's going to go to Justin because otherwise, because otherwise, Justin well, he might have unfor- something different. I don't know. He might have a different but, match. Otherwise, Justin could be that unfortunate. Pos- oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You want to go to me? Okay. Because I-, I could go on for a while here. The, by, by the way, I just looked it up. The match was 30 minutes and six seconds. You know, that's like a lot okay. Of times, like, yeah, that's okay. The takeover Compared matches some- are a lot of times like 45 <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. It's some 30 of the minutes. things I yeah. watched today, okay, when I'm, I watched three match of the year contenders and spent three hours. Right. Yeah. Mean, what are we doing here, sports fans? I got a life to live. Okay, uh, I agree with you. Uh, Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks is the match of the year. Uh, you talked about your experience being there live uh, as somewhat biasing you towards that pick. You know what else really helped this match nail the match of the year? When it took place in the year. In front of fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was one of the, it was probably the last great match to take place in front of fans, right? Right. We only had uh, it, two more weeks after this, right? Yeah. yeah. After Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. So going into the pandemic, I think the majority of wrestling fans agreed that that tag match was better than anything on Wrestle Kingdom. And Wrestle Kingdom produced several match of the year contenders that I we, we can run down here in a little bit. Um, but then there was a huge gap. Like once the pandemic started, about six months where there was like no match of the year contenders, right? Mm-hmm. Name me a match of the year contender from April, May, June, July, August. They were few and far between. So that really helped solidify this match, I believe, as the match of the year. It was just kind of like we all made our minds up. Yeah, this is the match of the year. And it was really hard to beat. The one match I'll say that did make me think twice, there was only one, was Walter and Ilya Dragunov from NXT UK. Um, if you're, It was by far the best pandemic era match. And, I, and apparently Justin may be giving that the overall number one nod. It seems so I'll throw it to him, but they took their game to a different level. They understood, Hey, we're not wrestling in front of a crowd. We have to change our game up. So what are we going to do? We are going to step up with violence and they did it in a way. Yeah. You can't do that every night, but the key is I don't think many performers in this business can have convey that level of violence that those two did. 
Yeah, that is my match of the year. Um, it's getting the nod for me for two reasons. One, because 2020 is going to be remembered for the pandemic. Uh, it's going to be remembered for professional wrestling without any crowds. Um, for me personally, it's, you know, I'm, I'm right on the cusp of pro wrestling is almost unwatchable to me without a crowd. But that match is the only match I saw that didn't have a crowd. It made me actually wonder, wait, is this actually maybe better without a crowd? Just because you can hear every tiny bit of the violence that those guys inflicted on each other. Um, it's just a tremendous match. And I'm docking the tag match because just in the past two days, I, I was trying to go back and watch some of these uh, match of the year candidates. And I couldn't find that match to rewatch it. So, <laughs> so pay it, for it, buddy. Yeah. You, have it, you, don't, you don't have it saved on your BR app. <laughs> well, one so thing, that, one that's why I'm is, docking it. One thing you guys should check out, and this one might not be marked down yet, but one of the things that's kind of cool that AEW does on the BR app, and I've done this for a couple of the shows. Uh, I know I recently bought like the 2019 full gear. They'll actually drop the price on it to like 15 bucks or something. And then you can have it on your BR app archive, you know, for good. So I think there's only like one or two shows I actually didn't buy live. And that was one because I was out of town. Uh, my wife and I went to New Orleans during full gear 2019. I went back and I bought it for 14.99 or something. I don't know if they've dropped Revolution yet, uh, but that was one of the best events of the year. And uh Anyone listening, if you haven't seen the match, well worth the, the 15 bucks or whatever once uh, AEW drops the price on the BR app for sure. I yeah, I, to me, it's funny what Justin just said because it's really close. I gave them both four and three quarter stars, the matches. Um, and I, I just, to me, professional wrestling needs to be in front of a crowd as good as Walter. I don't think you can do a better match in front of no crowd, to Justin's point, than Walter and Ilya Dragunov did. But... At the end of the day, just being in front of a crowd and setting the tone for the year in AEW. You know, we just all got done unanimously praising it as the promotion of the year. Uh, that gave it the slight nod. Should we get into some other contenders? Because Lord knows I've watched enough this week. I want to at least give well, some of these guys. Their I, I did want to say, did you guys see that uh, WWE put out a list of their their top uh, top 10 matches of the year? And this was on their list, but it was like number eight or something. I thought it was pretty criminal. What do you I think I think of those WWE lists? <laughs> well, did yeah, did, did you see was, what was number one? Yeah, the Boneyard match, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it was fine for what it was, but stop it, of course, because we cannot stop praising the Undertaker enough in 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah, if I what, what a career, what a career he had. Okay, I'm sorry. Who am I to question his career? Yeah, let's get into the, some of the other ones. I will say that if I ha I did like the NXT UK match, you guys were talking about quite a bit. Um, but, uh, looks like we just got a new subscription. Shout out to Michael Fisher, by the way. Oh, cool. Uh, Hi, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't think we he's watching on... live. I don't think he's a patron, but someone just happened to subscribe while we're on air. So that just oh, popped up. On I our thought we were under Very attack, nice. uh, from outer space, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, you guys can hear that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard something. I was like, my God, the Martians are coming for and us. The Daniel Bryan, uh, animation popped across their screen. Guys, when you tune, tune into the live shows on YouTube, this is what I'm gunning for. I want to see this happen like over and over subscriptions popping up. Uh, join us uh, for the Royal Rumble post show at the end of January. But uh, no, I think if I if I was picking another match, it probably would have been one of the Wrestle Kingdom matches. I think uh, probably I liked Okada and Ibushi. I think a little bit more than Okada and Naito. 
Uh, I probably would have went with that one, but it's one that I haven't watched since January, so I'm like, I'm going off memory that I loved it at the time. I would have to go back and rewatch it, but I, I just kind of knew, like I texted you guys earlier today, the match has really stuck with me all year is that Revolution tag, and that's why I picked that. But it, the, one of those other two, I mean, they were strong, strong matches. I, Osprey Takahashi was really good at yes. Wrestle Kingdom as well. Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. I know yeah, you watched I thought a lot the more thing than I with Okada is. They sort of almost cancel each other out. I actually kind of preferred the Naito one, but to me, it was hard to say one and as the match of the year, yeah, and not the other. So I, I think that hurt. And you know, a guy who was involved, I, I think, in the match all three of us may have had as our match of the year for 2019, uh, Shingo Takagi, the match with Osprey that we mm-hmm. were so high on last year. He had a great match with Okada. That that would be in my top ten. New Japan certainly, if you were to make a top ten list. It's the promotion that's going to have the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, and that's what they do. They produce the most high-end matches. But there just wasn't that singular moment in New Japan that I gravitated towards in 2020. Um, Pro Wrestling Noah. So I watched both these matches today that everyone's talking about. The Goshiyazaki matches. Uh, the match against Nakajima. And the match against Segura. I think a lot of people are going to compare them to the Walter Ilya Dragunov match for the violence. I mean, the chops were real stiff, but both matches were too long, man. They, they, they just, they could have cut 10 or 15 minutes out and they were not as good as Walter and Ilya Dragunov. That's my opinion. I know um, when they happened, voices of wrestling who they know a lot. I'm not going to dog them by any means. They're like, Oh my God, they upped the brutality of Walter and Ilya. And it was even longer as if that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, man, I, you know, that was a lesson I learned try to get as many of these mat- rewatch and get as many of these match of the year contenders in for this show. We've jumped the shark on match length and we- we've been beating that drum for a long time on this podcast. And I'm very proud of that. There is really no reason for a professional wrestling match to go longer than 40 minutes. Agreed. <laughs> and it certainly should not be happening multiple times in a year. Yeah. I mean, maybe once in a blue moon. Okay, obviously the Royal Rumble has to, but that's different. You've got 30 people involved. But, like, you know, I just watched so many matches. The average match length, and it goes for New Japan, it goes for NXT. Those are the two biggest defenders. The average match is way too long, and they just they lose me, and it hurts, and I'm cutting, cutting off. Um, for those who maybe, to back up a little bit, could have been shocked that I said I only went four and three quarters on those two top matches. Uh, including the Revolution tag. What do we think about the fact, because you mentioned it, Ryan, they teased that Hangman Page thing. That, and by thing, I mean heel turn, which never happened, and he's now the baby face. What do we kind of think looking back at that match and how Omega and Page were then to how they are now? Because I feel that story isn't really complete at all. And it certainly has changed because... You know, Paige got hot, and they decided he was going to be the babyface, and Omega was going to heal him. I think that was the right call. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a loose end. You know, if, if you were to watch that match now, you'd almost be like, oh, yeah, what? I guess Hangman just doesn't really want to turn, never wanted to turn on him. I, I, I have, yeah, go ahead. I just, I have little doubt that they have a long term plan with that. Yeah, so going for back sure. To, going back to that match, that this will pay off at some point. Maybe in the next year, uh, whether that be in some sort of Hangman Page versus Omega match, um, and that's you know that's what's fun about AEW is that 
sometimes you just got to sit back and trust that they have a plan. Yeah, you know, it's usually you can guess and they actually haven't forgotten about it. Whereas, you mm-hmm. know, WWE, it's like when we speculate, oh, remember this? And they don't. <laughs> so, uh, question. I, I want to throw this out to you now that it's fresh on the brain. Did any performer get a raw deal from the pandemic than Hangman Page? Think about how hot he was at the time of the no, pandemic. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think that that angle was hurt so much by not having a crowd and i think that's why it's kind of left out there still so they can come back to it yeah yeah i mean they they did the split i think they did the split well on television but it it does feel incomplete and hangman is kind of languishing out there right now but i think they can pick back up when they got crowds and i I think he can get hot again i mean it's hard to tell when you don't have like a big crowd they still have a, a little bit of a crowd there but like yeah i think being at that show he was one of, if not the most popular people on the card. And, you know, when AEW started, it wasn't like that. He really built him up, himself up to that point. He was kind of like the one member of that group of, you know, the founders of AEW that wasn't really catching on. I remember on the podcast, we talked about like how the theme song was lame and, you know, like it just, well, didn't you know, really, tw- working a 20 really minute draw with Kip Sabian will kill the best of you. Yeah. But I mean, he picked it. I mean, he picked it up and he certainly did suffer from having the crowds go away because that was like, you could feel the momentum building behind him. And I, you know, I look forward to them going back to it at some point for sure. We did not mention NXT. When was the last time we did not talk? Well, I, I think last year, maybe we didn't either, but what was the best NXT match this year? Because I, I, I do not think it was a strong year from that brand. I did not see a single match of the year contender from them. The only one I was going to mention, uh, and I'd actually kind of forgot about it until starting to do some research research in the past couple of days was the uh, Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn versus Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly from TakeOver Portland tag mm-hmm. team match, which I thought was really good. But yeah, you're, you're 100% right. There was still a lot of quality stuff out there, but as far as NXT quality goes compared to previous years, it was a mega down year for them. Agreed. I We... Obviously, we we talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but we weren't really high on the War Games matches themselves. As dude, I cannot believe Meltzer gave that four and three quarter stars. He wasn't the only one. Scott Keith gave it like four and three quarter stars. I'm like, you know, other people. um, I was like, what are you people talking about? And then they proceed to bitch about how long it was. Well, how can you bitch about something and give it four and three quarter stars? Yeah, I think the system's uh, broken. You know, stop the votes. Takeover Portland was it was a good show. We reviewed it. I'm pretty sure if you go back in the archives, and I can't remember. I feel like I haven't seen it since. You know, Cole Champa was talked about a lot coming out of that. I feel like that was one that was a little long. Again, I think I think the tag match was my favorite match on that show. Riddle and Dutton were a fun team. Yeah, that was a good act. Uh, yeah. One of the last good acts. Uh, you know who I think was the best all around performer in NXT this year. Done? No. Justin, would you like to guess? Shawn Michaels? <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting no Oh, wait. On hold, on, hold on. Hold <laughs> <laughs> um, on. I made my own face there for those not watching on Patreon. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly. I, I think he had a really – in terms of, you know, what I like – when I watch wrestling, I like over the course of a year, I like to see someone evolve over that mm-hmm. year. I want to see how they evolve. And to me, Kyle O'Reilly is in a much, it's maybe a little subtle, but he's stepped his game up where he's kind of seen now as a guy you want to see in the main events, where I'm not sure that was the case 
at the start of the year. It's not that he wasn't talented. I just think people didn't see him in that spot. And, you know, the match with Balor uh, in August at that take was, was really good until they, they kind of had to go home a little early. But um, I, I thought he was the best guy. And actually, in the match that Pete Dunne had late in the year, he had two of them that were quite good. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, did, I, I did not see a legit match of the year contender uh, from NXT this year, a match that I would give four and a half stars to. And then we have one Honestly. last thing. I, well, I was just going to say, honestly, that Kyle O'Reilly uh, Balor match might have been my favorite one. I remember I went on and on on, on the podcast about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very physical match yeah. for sure. I love that match. That might have been my favorite NXT match all year. Uh, in the chat, Ryan mentioned the Keith Lee Adam Cole match from NXT Great American Bash. Uh, that was a pretty good match. You didn't have the uh, didn't have the takeover length with that one. I think yeah, that was a good one. I, I would put it in my match of the year, but it was a good match. Um. Oh shit! I lost what I was gonna say now. Sorry, oh Kyle. yeah, no, I remember. You All know right, that, but you know that brain. I got like three brain cells left. Then, <laughs> um, <laughs> main roster WWE. <laughs> uh, no match of the year contenders at all from this uh, particular brand. Um, I but I did want to uh, shout out probably the best Rumble match in in many years was from this year. That, yes. That, that was actually one of the first ones that came to my mind when I started thinking about matches of the year, just because it had uh, numerous significant moments in it. They had the right guy win the rumble and the, and that guy went on to actually win at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which yeah, it was, it know, was a very good rumble. It was, it yeah. was easily a top 10 rumble in history, which uh, speaks, uh, which says a lot for me. Cause I, I quite like the Royal rumble. Um, Daniel Bryan and AJ, that SmackDown match is one that I see get shouted out a lot. It's not even my favorite SmackDown match of theirs. The one in 2018, um, when everyone thought Daniel Bryan was getting buried because he lost right before he refused to go to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. That's the one people need to check out. No near falls. They, they worked a different style match. It, it, when I was watching, like something is really good about and different about this match. It wasn't until I read the great TJ Hawk. Uh, who always makes great points in his review that he was like, you know, they didn't do a single near fall in this match. I said, God damn, I love it. <laughs> uh, can I throw out, uh, it's not main roster WWE, but one more match. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, kind of in honor of Brody Lee, but I freaking loved the Brody Lee versus John Moxley match from double or nothing. I'm pretty sure I picked that as my match of the night. It was just one of those great instances of one guy, Won the match, one lost, but both of them were elevated to a greater degree when than when the match started. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure I shouted that out. And he wasn't even supposed to be in that spot. That was like Correct. kind of a, a last, not minute, but like, you know, a change based on the pandemic. Wasn't MJF supposed to originally work that show? But, you know, that was when the restrictions were tighter in New York and he couldn't even get out. I think that was him, right? I know that was not supposed to be the original main event of Double or Nothing because they wouldn't be yeah. a new character. Yeah, they set like up that. they set up uh, MJF at Revolution, I believe. Yes, because he came yeah. out. Yeah, he came out of after that match saying he had his sights set on Moxley. Yeah. Uh, pivoting towards back towards AEW. Thank you, Justin. Uh, second best AEW match uh, is kind of an interesting debate when you go there. Um, for me, I'm a little different than some people. I, I think. You know, people Amen. might want, want to say <laughs> that, yeah. Some people might want to say the Bucks and FTR or uh, Kenny and Pac and that Iron Man 
for me, my number two and number three AEW matches of the year uh, would be the street fight on Dynamite, best friends against Santana or yeah. Ortiz. That was so good. That was so good. That's a legit match of the year contender. Four and a half stars all the way. And then Cody and Eddie Kingston on Dynamite. Eddie Kingston's debut. I like that better than the Iron Man. That just, you know, maybe that just kind of peers into the window of what I like. Both of those are obviously brawls as opposed to your classic work rate style match. But those would be my number two and number three uh, matches for AEW this year. I really like that eight man on uh, Fighter Fest. I remember Raven on the podcast about that one. The Butcher and the Blade, Phoenix and Pentagon versus the Bucks and FTR. That was just like crazy match. Just stuff happening nonstop. Car oh, yeah. Style. That was a great match. I really I forgot all that about that match, actually. Yeah. yeah that wow. was a great match. At uh, first, I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, that was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. July 2nd. That was a really good one. Uh, pre-pandemic. Page and Omega against the Lucha Bros, February 19th. Tag match, also another really good one. Um, yeah, I mean, AEW, they had a lot of contenders. The, the I feel stadium like this year. stampede. We're, yeah, uh, we're like, people we're love forgetting that about that stadium matches. stampede. Yeah. I mean, that was probably a legit match of the year contender, too. I mean, that was that was a novel thing that you'll probably always remember. Yeah. So, yeah, AEW had a, had a really strong year uh, in ring, obviously. Um, I think even stronger than New Japan, quite frankly. So, should we move on to our next one? So we've got promotion of the year, match of the year. All right, this one's a little tougher. Uh, pay-per-view of the year or show event of the year. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to throw it to you first this time. Uh, there are two right. and only two to choose from. All right. Uh, one, you were live in attendance for. We've talked about that revolution in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the other one would be full gear. I'm going to give the nod to revolution because there was a live crowd there. And okay. I think, again... It set the tone for AEW's year. I mean, that promotion. I mean, folks, go back and listen to our shows at the time. Maybe just put yourself late February, early March, right before the pandemic. AEW was like on fire, mm-hmm. it seemed. And again, it's not that they've cooled off or they stick now. They're far from it. They're very good. We've given them promotion of the year, for God's sake. But man, that promotion just, or that pay per view really set the tone for the promotion and um, it gets the nod over full gear for me. Okay. Justin joint. I'm going to do what Kyle says and pick revolution or revolution. <laughs> you know, so revolution was my initial pick. And then I was like, man, I don't want to sound like I'm just patting myself on the back. Cause I got to go to that show <laughs> by picking it. And I was wondering if you guys would or not. Hey, hold on, hold on, Ryan. I'll give you an excuse. Did you know it was a really good wrestling show that I went to once? Takeover, uh, New Orleans. Takeover New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I'm leaving this the will, chat. Bye. This is, <laughs> is going to be my Takeover New Orleans that I constantly go back to over the course of this podcast. Yeah, I've, I felt like you know Wrestle Kingdom. You had to consider for this. It's a two day event. Uh, it's a lot to get through. Each each night was a really long card. I mean, that's the only thing that to mm-hmm. me is a drawback. It's like it's really hard when I when I award a you know an event of the year it's one that I want to be able to like sit down and watch imagine that <laughs> In, like, imagine that <laughs> okay folks we hold on we need to just <laughs> cut out what Ryan Trost you you know as I've said many times one of the great educators in this country <laughs> just said okay pay-per-view of the year should be something that I want to sit down and watch again what a novel concept because I mean, I, I mean that, that that should be something that you have to like give so, it, it, 
an explanation for or, uh, an aside. <laughs> that, that should just be like kind of common knowledge. Yes, you would watch this all the time. I mean, think about all the great pay-per-views growing up, your favorite pay-per-views. What did you do? You watched over them all the time. And, and so, yeah, that's that's been lost. I mean, there's so much stuff now going on. It's harder to do it. I realize that. But, folks, a great pay-per-view you should want to watch again. So that's the thing because, uh, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, to watch it one time through, well, two, you know, two nights, two days in a row. First time they ever split it. it. Got people talking about, you know, doing a split WrestleMania. And then they ended up doing that because of the pandemic. Um, but uh, Wrestle Kingdom doing that, it's like, yeah, you watch it one time. Holy hell, that was a lot of good wrestling. But it's not one I really want to go back and revisit. I mean, they were stacked cards. You look at the last four matches from night one. The undercard, you know, it's not like super great. Then you get to the last four Wrestle Kingdom night one, you had Moxley and Archer, which was a pretty was good. good match. Takahashi and Osprey, Naito and White, Okada and Ibushi. Uh, you know, 14-minute match, 24-minute match, 33-minute match, about a 40-minute match. And then the night night two had some better matches on the undercard for sure. You had Zack Sabre and Sonata going, uh, I think it was third or fourth from the, from the beginning. And then, you know, you round out that show with uh, Goto and Kenta. You got Ibushi and White. You've got Tanahashi and Jericho, which was okay. <laughs> then you got Naito and Okada. Hey, look, I know people aren't going to want to hear this, some people. I have gotten multiple texts from random friends saying Chris Jericho is fat. You know, like Jericho's been very <laughs> up and down. In New Japan, now obviously, you know the stuff that he he did originally there birthed AEW, uh, but mm-hmm. then he started getting into like situation where he was having like a hard time keeping up. The match with Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom was it above average match? I think it was overrated. Uh, Dave, yes. gave four and a half stars. It's not a four and a half star. Match. What are we oh. doing here, sports fans? No oh, you guys don't match. you guys don't mean pretty hot and tempting. You mean FAT. <laughs> Oh, no, yes, uh, my bad. Yes. And for the record, that's okay. Look, quite frankly, I've gained a little weight during this pandemic. I'm not going to sit here and run from these accusations. Okay. But, and I think his character work is still tremendous. Yeah. But oh, I just for think sure. It, it, yeah. It's interesting that, like, I just, like, a buddy of mine randomly, he's like, I'm watching this AW and I got to tell you something, man. Chris Jericho's big. Hey, hey, can I, can I do a really quick sidebar? Sure. I, I listened to our uh, buddy Liam's podcast recently. And they mentioned um, Ishii has never been world champion. Correct. Does, no. does, is that surprising? I mean, shouldn't he be at this point? It just doesn't feel like, I don't know. You with, could do with it. the quality of matches he puts out. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's a guy that I always like. find myself rooting for and emotionally invested in. You know, I don't know. I mean, there was an era. There's a lot, you know, (laughs) it's not something to be played hot potato with. I mean, it might speak to, uh, you know, the strength of that title. It's 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 for years. It was the one title that was, you know, very well protected. Now you look at what they've done this year. You could make a case. I guess certainly make a case. Maybe maybe that's more what bewilders me just because of, you know, the last couple of years is that he hasn't been. A world champion. Yeah, I mean, Consider, he's certainly one of my considering favorites. basically everybody else has been world champion. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, anyways, I haven't given you guys my pick because I, you know, I'm still going with with Wrestle Kingdom or Revolution. Oh, I think I hinted at it. But again, like you go through those cards and it's like four star match after four star match, so they're stacked. But as a whole, 
there's so much in the undercard that I wouldn't want to watch again, you know, to watch both nights. So I'm going to make it three for three and go with Revolution. I, if if you cherry picked the best of the two nights of do that. Wrestle Kingdom, but yeah, you can't, can't do, do that. You got to take but it like, as a whole with this. Yeah, you got to yeah. take it as a whole. And yeah, there's just no way. I mean, if, if you would ask me right now, Kyle, you got to watch one show before you got to watch all of Wrestle Kingdom or you got to watch Revolution for, you know, tomorrow. Let, let's not just. But do the thing of before bed because that would make it you know too hard. But um, I I'd pick Revolution like ten times out of ten. Yeah. Here here's the thing, Guns and Roses use your, use your illusion would have been a fucking banger as one album, but they had to split it into two and put a bunch of filler in there. My world, who greenlit that shite? <laughs> I love how we're kind of becoming like a secondary music podcast sometimes. <laughs> you want to step into my world? Great analogies. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of horse manure? Did you ever hear that? We're, we're getting way off the beaten path here. Ryan's going to have to rescue this shit. Did you ever read that uh, Izzy Stradlin had no idea that that song was going to be on Use Your Illusion? And he put it on because he had quit the group like right after it was released. And he goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> one of the great stories I've ever heard. I'm not editing no idea this, that, by the way, guys, because what? people are going to be listening to this on New Year's Eve. They're going to be drinking. They're going to love this conversation. I'm not editing any of this shit. This is all okay. standing. Okay. No, I didn't know that thing you were editing out. I just thought, you know, you're going to have to bring it bring it all back home again. No, but I like it. By, by the way, a fun game, if, if it's just you and a buddy drinking, have a Use Your Illusions draft. <laughs> there you go. To, to make your own Use Your Illusions album. Do you like or hate the song Breakdown? I like it. So do I. My buddy like was like, oh, that song sucks. Like, no, it's good. I mean, honestly, My World is the only song that out and out fucking sucks on both those albums. <laughs> I, I don't like, think you could do Back Off Bitch anymore. That feels like a song that might be a little passe. I feel like you guys text each other before we go on the air and you're like, how can we get Ryan way <laughs> off track tonight while he's talking? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like there's some inside joke going on between you two. Garden <laughs> of Eden's a little goofy. Still good though. Still good. All right, I'm bringing it back. Let's look okay. at this. Let's look at the Revolution card. All right, so the weakest match on the show for sure was Nyla Rose and Statlander. It was kind of a mess of a match. All right, but outside of that, they're all good, slightly above average to really good on that show. Uh, the first match was Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes. Now what was it? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, but the crowd was super hot for Dustin when he came out. And I'm watching that match, you know, thinking about how we've raved about Dustin's past on the podcast before talking about his tag team history. And he's kind of like a living legend. So I was into it. I remember the crowd being very confused as to was that Jake Hager's wife? What is she doing? Is she mad at him? Is she <laughs> with him? Like that was very confusing. Not the greatest over him, but it was okay. But then that Darby Allen, uh, Sammy Guevara match was freaking Loved awesome. Uh, they had a lot of fighting on- before the bell. The, the actual time of the match is like five minutes, but they fought before the bell for a while. Uh, it's the kind of great undercard match you almost never get in the World Wrestling Federation. Yes. In and, the modern and, era. And as we've talked about, like Darby, probably the best homegrown star by AEW to this point. I mean, the crowd was behind him again. Super CNC hot. Champ. You know, kind of legendary that Chicago wrestling crowds are always really hot and into the shows, and they certainly were by this point. And then you followed that up with the tag match, the match of the year, Page and Page and Omega against the Bucks. Then was the Nyla Rose Statlander match, but that was after, you know, the match of the year. So it served its purpose. It was kind of like the buffer match. Then you get MJF and Cody, which the crowd was super freaking hot for. By the way, that was the match where Cody debuted the neck tattoo and we were all which talking to each other. Is that a for real sure. thing or not? Like we couldn't but tell. You know what? That set the tone for MJF having a really 
big 2020, him winning that match. I mean, as much as the yep. neck tax, it was the story coming out of it. You know, MJF winning was important. And then I think uh, Pac and, and Orange Cassidy, like that was the moment in time where I was like, all right, this Orange Cassidy thing is for real. Like the crowd was freaking insanely into Orange Cassidy in that match. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the, this is a great show at that point. And then you finish it off with Moxley winning the title from Jericho. And I mean, John Moxley still is just an incredible character in AEW, an incredible presence. Uh, you know, he's coming back tomorrow, uh, or I guess next week now he's coming back. He was originally going to come back tomorrow, I think. Um, I don't think he's going to be on the show, is he? I don't think, I don't so. think so. Well, uh, our, li- no. our listeners will know because this is out. Afterwards. He was originally announced to come back this week, but, you know, then with the Brody Lee thing, obviously they changed plans. So I don't think he's on that show now, but uh, his, he's coming back soon. Uh, but, I mean, like him winning the title at that moment in time was definitely the right decision. He becomes, you know, the second ever AEW it, world champion. Crowd goes apeshit. And awesome. it was a baby face outsmarting the heel. Yes. With the iPad. It was so, I remember that happening. I'm like, my God, this feels like such a revelation to see this, that like he was, you know, he outsmarted the heel. Yeah. Sur- Surfer Sting was so confused by that finish. <laughs> so was the NXT cult. <laughs> Talk by Triple H. Wait, wait a minute. I thought our creator outsmarted everyone. But I mean, like Moxley's entrance to the crowd, it's super cool in person. Hopefully we get the back to The creator? That's offensive. <laughs> But, I mean, that ran out the show. It was a great yeah. show. It wasn't too long. Had a lot of good stuff on it. Show of the year, I think. You go back and watch it. You've, you've got a live crowd, which, you know, is something we're pining for now, obviously. And, yeah. Make it three yeah. for three. Event the, of the year. The thing with Full Gear is they did not, or it did not have the high-end match that Revolution did, obviously. You know, I, I think it's three big ones. You know, some people, you know, I, it was a debate, you know, we talked about on this show. The Bucks against FTR wasn't the same league as the Bucks against Hangman and Page. We all said no. Yeah, that was clearly below. It was yeah, a good I, match. I, I liked the match, but it was not. I didn't think it touched this one. No, I did not think it was a match of the year contender, quite frankly. But it was. It was a very good to great match. As was Cody and Darby Allen, and there was a third great. Oh, and Omega versus Page. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, there was three very good to great matches on that show. I think not having a match of the year contender, though, and you know, not having a quote unquote real wrestling crowd is what put it a clear number two behind revolution. I think young bucks versus Omega and page was there will be blood and FTR versus the young bucks was just an Avengers movie. <laughs> That's a very interesting analogy. <laughs> yeah. I love there will be blood. What a performance by Daniel day Lewis. Great uh, movie. Great. movie. God, I wanted to smack the shit out of that kid. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Tag team of the year. Um, I'll go first this time. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I think that'll make the rotation, right? I went first, then Justin, then Kyle last. All right, so now it's back to me. So tag team of the year. This is kind of a recurring theme here in Top Rope Nation on the five years that we have done these awards. Young Bucks. Has to be the Young Bucks to me. I don't I don't see any other contenders for tag team of the year. You talked you just you just mentioned the match against FTR which was a was a great match, not match of the year for me, but a great match. They're in the match of the year earlier in the year back in February. So on both ends of the year, they were in that great eight-man tag I mentioned on Dynamite in July. 
Uh, they just had a great match last week on AEW against the Acclaimed, which I really, really like. I am very high on the Acclaimed. I'm very yes. upset we have not been able to talk about them on this podcast, really. I am too, and I thought that that was like a star-making performance for them in that match. I love that match in Dynamite last week. Watch it if you haven't seen it yet. So for me, like it ha- it, to me, it has to be the Young Bucks. I'll throw it to uh, Justin. Who do, you, who do you got for your tag team of the year? I mean, that's probably the right answer, but I just... in. I suppose they're probably docked because they weren't a tag team for the entire year, but I just found Omega and Paige far more interesting than any other tag team this year, Uh, beginning with their formation, the will they, won't they of uh, breaking up or who's going to turn heel, kind of culminating with their singles match for the shot at the world title. All right. They were the only other team I thought of for this, but yeah, it's the box for sure. Uh, You know, and I think the key with, here is Omega Page are no longer a team at the end of the year. They were obviously tag team champions for a good part of it, and that matters too. But the Bucks in the last couple weeks have really nailed this thing down with some really stellar performances on Dynamite against like mid-card acts. That's always a sign of a really, if you're a real strong performer, if you're able to elevate these mid-card acts, you know, for a match or even if it, or beyond, you know, quite frankly. And, um, you know, with the acclaimed, I just want to, we're talking tag teams and we'd have a chance to talk about them, really. I was so irrationally happy when they beat SCU on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Like, the three of us have not had a chance to talk about that. Like, I went into that match, like, I was, like, watching it in bed, like, kind of rocking, like, come on. I trust this promotion is going to do the right thing. This is absolutely where you pull up. And it and it got, the crowd was not expecting that. Yeah. For the record. Like, they were kind of like, what, what? Mm-hmm. And I loved how they worked as a young heel team. You know, I saw Melters like, eh, I don't know if they were ready for prime time yet, but they wrestled exactly like you think a young heel team would. And Ryan Dross, the educator of uh, you know children all across America, what is the acclaimed? <laughs> what a is young, the yeah, what are they are a young heel team? Are they not? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's interesting that they would wrestle like a young heel team. <laughs> so to me, that, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, they're charismatic as hell. I I love. Yeah, I, I don't know about the rapping act, you know, or whatever, but um, yeah, I, I see a lot of potential there. But mm-hmm. yeah, Bucks, yeah, it, the Bucks can just have so many great matches with a variety of opponents. It, it's that. All right, Justin, you're first on this one. Female wrestler of the year. Oh no. Um, uh, I don't feel it was like a very strong year for the females if only because uh some of the top talents missed large chunks of it obviously AEW's women's division is not very good uh my first inclination is to maybe say Io Shirai but I I also can't point to a bunch of her matches that I loved uh so I'm gonna go Sasha Banks I think's probably had the most interesting year all right I went with Bailey. Uh, to me, covering SmackDown all year on comicbook.com, there were a lot of weeks where the whole Bailey Sasha act was the only thing holding that show together. And it's not so much like the constant great matches as it is that the character work out of her was great all year. Um, so it's between Sasha and Bailey, but I think, I think Bailey is the one that really turned the heads. And now Sasha is finishing the year strong. Um, Pat myself a little bit on the back because I was calling for it back in the spring of 2018 that Bailey should turn heel, and they finally did it. 
and the heel turn has worked for her. I think she's so much more interesting uh, than she ever was as a baby face on the main roster. It worked in NXT. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, like she carried that. And, and then the, the heat they built up with Sasha was great, you know, for months and months and months. So they were both involved in doing that. No doubt about it. That's why, to me, it's between one of the two. Uh, but I have to go with Bailey because she was like she was the champion through most of it. And I felt like just the way that she freshened up her character uh, with that heel turn and really own that character this year makes Bailey my uh, my easy female of the year. Easy. That, oh, that, excuse me. That, that's a great point. I, I guess part of my thinking was recency bias where Bailey's kind of cooled off in yeah. the last month, whereas Sasha's gained a lot of steam. It's one of those two for sure, I think. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, let me break the tie here. It is For me, there's only two contenders here. It's Sasha and Bailey. Uh, hmm, you can, this is actually the hardest call because I'm not going to argue if you pick either one. Uh, I'm going to go with Sasha because she did the Lord's work getting the best match ever out of Carmella. That's true. <laughs> that was, again, that's recency bias though. Whereas like, that's the freshest thing on my mind. She's a champion. I mean, that was like pretty strong. <laughs> like of an effort to, to be able to get that kind of match out of Carmella. And, and maybe Carmella is better more than, than we think. Give her credit. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Uh, maybe we shouldn't give all the credit to Sasha, but um, I just feel that Sasha, and, and I feel the same for Bailey too. Uh, you know, it, it feels that they like in WWE canon, they're like a notch below Charlotte. And I kind of think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. If I may speak freely on this podcast. Agree. I'll I'll dock Sasha for the theme song change. She needs to go back to the original "Sky's the Limit" song. I do not like the Snoop version. I know it's her relative and everything, but come on. And you know you got to get Snoop, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know uh, yeah. It's I think in the past we've done some theme song awards a couple of times. Who has the best theme song? We've done that on the awards. I didn't throw that out this year, but uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's Bailey or Sasha. I think to me those two held SmackDown together for months and months and months, where the rest of the show was awful. At least before Roman Reigns came back. Before Roman Reigns came back, it was the Bailey Sasha show each and every week. And hey, uh, also they, they did they did good numbers too. It's not like yeah. this is some like nerd internet thing. Okay, I mean oh, yeah. these guys, their work translated into strong television ratings. My yep. hats off to them. Yeah. All right, Kyle, you're going first on this one. Uh, male wrestler of the year. Okay, this is very hard. <laughs> That's what she <laughs> do. Yes. Hey, oh, uh. Let's start with WWE. So Roman Reigns right now is the best thing in this promotion. And I think yes. if you're being honest with yourself, I think these last three months or whatever, four months, it's been the best part of WWE in 2020 is Roman Reigns as a heel now. But he, had, he went around most of the year. And I think it's unfair to give somebody a wrestler of the year when they missed a large chunk of the year. Uh, Drew McIntyre obviously has been around the whole year. I think he's been the most uh, consistent rock for the promotion. It is very refreshing to see a babyface win a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I think you'd have to go back to the Halcyon days of John Cena to find the last time they booked a babyface as well. I really feel that way. Like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, people talk shit about it all the time. Super Cena's bullshit. It was fun. That's how babyface is supposed to be booked. Get over it, people. Okay. 
That's how babyface supposed to be booked. Um, that said, I think John Moxley was booked just as well over at AEW for his long title run. Now he's not the champion anymore. Uh, McIntyre is, but none of those three are my pick. It's Kenny Omega is my pick. Uh, he was in a lot of great matches. He is the champion now, and I know the Dirty Diaper Club is going to come out in full force at me, but I want to talk AEW versus WWE for a minute with the four names I've mentioned here. Okay, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, the two top stars in the WWE in 2020. They had a match at Survivor Series. Meant jack shit. That's inexcusable for two for having your two biggest names wrestle and it not to mean. Jack Diddley Poo. For, for, the rec- for the record, not their fault. No, it's not. It's not their fault at all. It's just, a, it's a Survivor Series. The gimmick now is just really stupid. It's really awful. Uh, and, and I think we took them to task at the time. People can listen to our Survivor Series post show. Kenny Omega and John Moxley, they were the top two guys in AEW this year. They had a match around the same time. There is, you could talk about how good that match was, whatever. You could debate that until the cows come home. The result of that match was very much promotion-defining and has had an impact not just the last couple of weeks, but moving forward into 2021. And I think that really says a lot about the two promotions. And, um, you know, here we are. It's December 29th, 11.06 Eastern. Uh, and, and I think Kenny Omega's the guy for 2020. A um, lot of great matches. He's the champion. His character changed. I think this character is going to suit him very well moving forward. Um yeah, he's back. All right, Justin, who do you got? Drew McIntyre. I think when you look at where every single wrestler was on January 1st, 2020, to where they are now, nobody is more elevated than Drew McIntyre. Uh, and he might have not had quite the match quality as a Kenny Omega, but he still went out there and you know, put out banger after banger. He had uh, my favorite Bobby Lashley match of all time. That was a good match. Remember? And then they never went back to that. Yeah, that was weird. Especially if you go back and watch that match. That was a summer paper. That was like the July show, I want to say, or maybe the June show. It was spring. It was pretty early. Okay. Because right after uh, Mania, I think it went to Rollins and then Lashley. You're right. And then he worked Dolph Ziggler inexplicably. McIntyre. Mm-hmm. But remember, like, if you watch that McIntyre-Lashley match, they very much left it open-ended. Because mm-hmm. that was like Lana, like, screwed up and they ended that, and then he went to the Hurt Business, Lashley. And they never have gone back to that. So, basically, I'm not docking McIntyre for kind of the shittiness of uh, WWE and Vince and their booking. <laughs> I, I just think that, in fact, I mean, Outside of what they've done with Roman, the best thing they did in all of 2020 is what they've done with Drew McIntyre, where they have made him a legit main eventer, uh, big player in professional wrestling. Agreed. Yeah, my my top two picks have both been mentioned, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. Obviously, like Kyle said, Roman Reigns is the best thing going right now in WWE television. But I couldn't consider him for this because he was gone so much of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about he's there for like the, a little bit longer than the last one third of the year, I guess you could say. Uh, so I, I couldn't put him in there, even though he is by far the best thing on television right now. Um, I thought about including John Moxley. Uh, he's he's in the conversation, 
But to me, it was between McIntyre and Kenny Omega. Uh, I feel like McIntyre has been the linchpin on Raw to really hold it together. And Raw's not a great show by any means. No, it means, isn't. But uh, Drew McIntyre is Setting people on best. fire. With, with, with. <laughs> Setting people on fire. Not but, good. But, you know, like what they've done with Drew McIntyre, you know, it's not his fault. Um He's done an admirable job as champion through this pandemic. He was super hot with the crowd winning the Royal Rumble. It sucks he didn't get that mania moment in front of a packed house because I think they would have went ape shit when he won that match. I hope he gets that down the line. Uh, I had to consider him because I think he's done good work all year long. On the other hand, Kenny Omega, the complexity in his character work this year to you know go from the tag team and then to build up the split with the tag team and then to go back to the cleaner and do this this heel stuff and the interpromotional stuff that he's doing now, he's shown so many sides of his character this year. He's had great matches all year long. I, to me, it has to be Kenny Omega. He's just been you guys like are wrong. A, you guys are wrong. <laughs> he's oh, been on the sentence all year long. And it, we've got to this point where, like, remember when AEW started? Everyone was saying, "Where's Kenny Omega?" You know, this was a guy who was going to be the face of the promotion. What's going on? But he had this great storyline going with Hangman Page. We finally got that payoff. Probably going to go back to that at some point. Then he turns into the cleaner. Best part of the show right now. Uh, wins the world title. I mean, you've seen so much out of this guy this year. It ha- To me, it's Kenny Omega. Yeah. But McIntyre was in the conversation for me, Justin. I was going back and forth between the two. I want to go back to something Justin said because he's correct. But for me, it doesn't mean he's the wrestler of the year. You said, Justin, that if you go back to... January 1st of 2020 and compared to J- uh, December 29th of 2020, nobody's been elevated more than McIntyre. That's correct. I just don't think that necessarily makes you the wrestler of the year. But when uh, the only thing and Brian just pointed it out that Omega has over, over him is better storytelling. And I, I but I'm just not going to fault McIntyre there because that's, that's the company's fault. I mean, They've done him favors with the matches. He's done himself favors with the match quality. I mean, there was no reason for him to lose to Randy Orton no. and then win it right back. That didn't do anybody any favors. No, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I think he, okay. It, the biggest thing for his favor is he has done more with more going against him than Omega has. Omega has a bunch of creative freedom all around him where like, arguments could be made that he's not even the top guy or not top guy that he was the uh, best wrestler in his own promotion. Does kayfabe and canon matter to you guys when voting for this award? Because what you're saying is it's interesting the way you looked at it. You're basically saying, well, yeah, Kenny Omega's presented his way better because he's in a promotion that's booked better is based. and, And you're actually using that as an argument against Omega in this case where it's like, well, just imagine if Drew McIntyre had competent booking around him. I get I get what you're saying because it's kind of an unknown with McIntyre because, yeah, Omega has the freedom to show that character work more than McIntyre does, who's definitely really told what he has to do. So I get what you're saying there. Um, I don't think that matters that much to me in, in selecting the word, Kyle, to your point. Okay. But I can't like disagree hard with you, Justin, because I almost went with McIntyre. Like no, when, I, yeah, when I wrote down my notes, it was sure. Omega or McIntyre when I was trying to decide. And I mean, I went with Omega just because he's shown like all the different sides this year. But to your point, like McIntyre really can't do that. 
Uh, I think Omega is a better worker than McIntyre, but McIntyre's done some great stuff with what he's been given. I think McIntyre and Roman's match at Survivor Series was a great match. Should have been a WrestleMania match, to Kyle's point, but I think it was a really good match. I think it's really interesting that if you, you know, how you, to what Justin's saying, if you view WWE booking as this kind of disqualifying factor or this thing, or McIntyre overcoming it as a mark in his favor. I think it's a really interesting discussion to be had, um, which is why I talked about like things like kayfabe and canon, because for me, I guess I looked at it as like, well, you know, WWE can only like something so much. <laughs> to be blunt, I mean, it's just not a, a particularly strong promotion right now. So I look at it, and I'm like, wrestler of the year from this company? Yeah, and I totally agree. I totally agree. But for me, if you completely wipe out Drew McIntyre from WWE this year, outside of Roman Reigns coming back, it's fucking unwatchable. It is unwatchable. On the women's side, but yeah, the men's side. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. That is true. Other than, like, you look at those first eight months of the year, it is a sad, sad state of affairs in Stamford, Connecticut, without Drew McIntyre, man, on that men's side. And really on Raw in general, Raw is bad. Have you watched this show recently? I'll I'll put it this (laughs) way. Did you watch the show on Monday? Did you (laughs) see what they tried to do at the end? Yes. What is this? Get my girl Alexa away from the storyline. It's like maybe I feel do like, burn her alive so she can get out of this freaking storyline. <laughs> it feels Jesus. sometimes, honestly, you know, I, I was chatting with somebody once. WWE sometimes, and I apologize to all the talented people that work there. It feels the television like a poorly acted high school play where the performers are being held at gunpoint. <laughs> I mean, it really does. You know, it's just like that's like if if you were to describe twenty twenty WWE in a nutshell. That's how I would describe it. It's just people like you, you can just see sometimes their hearts aren't into it. And it's like, who would write this shite? Well, I'll tell you what, though, you watch that segment. Holy shit. That acting was on point. Like Alexa I, Bliss I, is I, giving it her all. I mean, she I, I was a hell of past, an actress. I couldn't look past what they were doing. Though. Yeah, but just, she I mean, she gave it despite it being terrible material. She gave it everything, man. I mean, that yeah, the acting Ryan, was on point. Ryan. That sounds like a great argument for Drew McIntyre for wrestler of the year. Well, here's, here's what I was going to say about that. (laughs) So if this was not wrestler of the year, but just MVP of the year, I would for sure give it to Drew McIntyre. Yes. That's a, that's a good point. Cause you're right. Cause AEW had a lot of people that had good years. Yeah. He is the MVP of WWE this year to me. Yes. I agree. 100%. Can I submit a change? To the award to make it the MVP. In 2021, we're doing MVP of the, of the, well, maybe we'll do MVP of each promotion next year. And then we'll also do an overall wrestler of the year. Because to me, yeah, the MVP of WWE for sure. And probably MVP of the business. Like he meant more to WWE than anyone to any promotion this year. I think, I think that's fair. So, I agree. I'm, yeah. I mean, that's why he he's definitely in this conversation. Drew McIntyre had a, a hell of a year. And I hope when we do the 2021 wrestling awards, we're talking about remember that pandemic and when we didn't have the full houses because, man, I would give anything to watch a wrestling show in front of 20,000 people right now, let alone 60,000. So, hey, by the way, I'm, you know, there's a small chance I only picked him for wrestle of the year because 
at WrestleMania 33, he wore a Guns N' Roses Use Your Losing shirt. <laughs> I thought you picked him because I had a chance to interview him this year. That he was, was a great, great. interview. Actually, you know what I liked? You know what my top rope nation moment of the year was? Is when I made a point. And then you're like, you know, Drew McIntyre made that same point when I interviewed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was my favorite moment, quite frankly. He was a great interview, man. That's why well, I knew he was a smart guy. You know, he yeah. agrees with me. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, that's our that's our 2020 wrestling awards. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. And it's, it's a good way to round out just this atrocious year that we had. I hope you had some fun with us, whether it's New Year's Eve when you're listening to this or New Year's Day. Uh, looking back on the year as a whole, because man, this year has changed from uh, those first three months. That is for sure. And we're we're looking forward to a big year here at Top Rope Nation in 2021. It will be, uh, let's see, we'll be hitting our five-year anniversary next summer. So we've been doing this quite a long time. We're glad you've been along on the ride with us. Guys, do you have any closing comments? We're, we're going to make 2021 the best year for this podcast because we're going to start doing steroids and cocaine. <laughs> bring professional wrestling back to American soil, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, next week on the show, I'll be talking about uh, you know some of the new benefits we're going to be adding to our Patreon page as the year begins. Hopefully, you guys will check that out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. It's in the uh, description of the podcast or here on YouTube as well. But I said it last week. It's the best way to support what we're doing and, and our growth as far as, you know, I, I got a new mic this year. That was due to you guys supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we can... Maybe get Kyle a new mic this year with our Patreon money or something like. Keep keep upgrading our equipment. Uh, you know, maybe we can. That we sounds can like add, a waste of technology. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can add some technology, like being able to take live callers. I don't know, but we've got we've got a lot of stuff on deck. We've got ideas for new programming that we're going to be dropping on the Patreon page, exclusive content in addition to the existing Top Rope Nation classic. So I'm really looking forward to that in January. It's been a fun year with all of you listening. <laughs> Uh, check or who knows? Out. I could just go to the strip club. Yeah, he might. He might use the money <laughs> that way too. But hey, <laughs> whatever, we, whatever we're doing, it's going to be fun. Uh, check out the Facebook group, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Got stuff going up each and every day. It's my favorite place to talk wrestling. It used to be the message boards. I log into uh, you know the Observer boards or wherever across the internet. Now, when I want to talk pro wrestling, it's that Top Rope Nation group on Facebook. We're posting there every day. So, guys, check it out. Uh, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Top Rope Nation. We are also on Instagram. Same username. Find me on Twitter. I am at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle is at T-R-P Kyle. And Justin Joint is at Justin Joint. J-O-Y-N-T. Guys, happy 2021. Let's hope this one is better. See you guys next time. Coming from the cold. We come down from the wire, and everybody warms themselves to a different fire, especially Alexa Bliss. <laughs> There's that outro. See you guys next week. One